Today, we're looking at one of the greatest needs in humanity. We're looking at the need for happiness. But as we see in the Twitter file trials, say that five times fast, it's hard to have a lot of hope, at least in humanity, when we see that we're being lied to on a regular basis by people who are in positions of power. So we'll look at multiple stories dealing with the Twitter file trials. And then finally, we'll have one last story to share about uh, Sam Smith and his Grammys performance. We're redigging that old thing back up just because we quickly let it pass by. And we've been told that uh, that's exactly what we'll do. We'll forget about this five minutes from now. So in order to prove the critics wrong, we'll bring it back up just to remind ourselves about not only how gross it was, but why it is important for us to talk about things like this and why when other Christians, especially especially high-profile Christians, try to shut down conversation about these things. We should be highly skeptical. We'll talk about that and more today on Indie Thinker. Our show today is sponsored by our friends over at Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for all your small business solutions. If you need help with staffing, payroll, accounting, bookkeeping, and even if you need help with strategic management and how to take your business to the next level, Anchor can help you. But you have to make sure you get their name right. It's A-N-C-U-R dot B-I-Z. I know it may seem crazy to start a business in one of the worst economic times in recent memory, but actually it's a great curb for inflation because if you're not going to wait for politicians to finally get fiscally responsible to finally have a good economy, then you realize that it's probably up to you to take the next step to help your family have a fiscally responsible future. And one of the ways you can do that is by starting a money-making business. But to to really do that successfully, you got to have experts in your corner. So you need to go to ancur.biz to see how they can put legs underneath your vision. And when you do so, let them know that Indie Thinker sent you. Welcome to the show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And today I'm going to do what I do every week, which is to try to take over the world. And the way that I do that here on the show is I try to provide Christian truth and Christian answers to some of life's biggest issues and some of the things that are going on in our world today. Now, yes, if you suspected that you have stumbled upon a podcast and a channel that will shove Christian truth down your throat, you are correct. I am such an intolerant, judgmental Christian that I can think of no better way than to start this show by telling you that I think happiness is a real need, and I believe I have a key to it, and I am so committed to it that, yes, this judgmental and intolerant Christian wants you to be happy, and I'm going to share with you why I think Christianity is important in that pursuit. Before I do that, let me just say that I'm also not alone in this because long, long ago, before Jesus ever walked this earth, there was a guy named Aristotle, and he said happiness is the soul's activity in accordance with true virtue or complete virtue. So in other words, you cannot truly be happy if you are not virtuous. Therefore, I think so much of the unhappiness that we're experiencing as a society today comes as a direct result of removing ourselves from virtue. And now today we find ourselves looking for happiness under a surgeon's knife when we actually need God. Now, before I explain that completely, let me back that up with a couple of facts. By every objective metric, Gen Z is more sexually liberated than any generation before it, but also way more suicidal and way more at risk of mental health issues. This is how we know that just being sexually liberated in left-wing sexual ideology is not actually going to equal happiness. This is why Christians speak out against it. Not because we're bigots, but because we want you to be happy. So why are people so unhappy? When you stop believing in God, 
all you have left is humanity. And this is why trans people believe their issues can be fixed with a surgeon. Secularists that don't believe in God believe that their issues can be fixed with pure human ingenuity. While Hollywood stockpiles sexual predators and the media bakes up their next lies for the sheep to believe in, people are consistently becoming less and less happy and more and more disenfranchised and disillusioned with society. All the while, these people laugh and they mock Christians for believing in a higher power while making a joke of themselves, not only because they lack the intelligence to actually engage in a religious conversation and actually refute religious points, which are actually hard when you try, um, but they're also hurting everybody around them with their ideas because the end result of those ideas is foolish nihilism. They either don't care about that or they don't know the truth or don't want to know the truth because they murdered it a long time ago with their faith. But to be sure, Gen Z is incredibly unhappy. Just 14% of Americans say that they are very happy, down from 31% the year before. So in 2020, right at the beginning, this poll was taken. 31% th said they're happy, and now just 14% of Americans say they're happy. Gallup has been asking Americans how they are feeling about different aspects of life and policy issues for the last two decades. And this year, across 29 different measurements, just 38% of Americans say they are satisfied with the way the world is going. So apparently, the vaccine didn't make people as happy as everybody thought it would. So it turns out our hope can't be found in medicine as much as we thought it could be, and chopping off body parts and aborting your child is not actually going to bring you happiness. One view permeates modern society, and that is human nature is good. And this is why people think surgery can be an answer for really what's a soul's issue, for their feelings and the way that, that they're confused inside and with things, the, the self-loathing that they have and the, the body issues they have. They think that a surgeon can solve all of that because they crave a technical answer to a soul's problem. They need a mechanical way to try to solve their problem when they've removed themselves from God because here is the truth throughout all of my rant today. And that is when you do not believe in God, you only have humanity to believe in. And so if you can't have God solve your soul issue, you'll find a surgeon to solve your body issue in hope, beyond hope and beyond all logic and reason, that that will actually solve any of the issues that are going on with you mentally. But I think we all know better than that. But Jesus said there is still hope because he said that you can know the truth and the truth will make you free. Perhaps there's liberation in seeking out the truth for yourself and thinking for yourself about the biggest issues of our day. And we'll try to tackle some of that in our top stories. All right, so for those of you who don't know, Kevin McCarthy becoming the Speaker of the House and conducting a couple of different uh, hearings and trials has yielded some interesting results. Now, I can imagine if you're on the left, you probably don't think this is true, but I can't in recent memory uh, think about a single trial that's been held that has actually yielded more fruit than what we're seeing, especially right now as it pertains to the Twitter files and the trials that are going on with Yoel Roth and uh, Vijaya Gaddy. And of course, you'll remember Yoel Roth from his fantastic dissertation about porn, uh, about male gay porn 
Osborne and kids and uh, and the fact that he was the head of trust and safety over at Twitter. And you'll remember Vijaya Gaddy as the Indian woman who was on the Joe Rogan podcast along with the CEO of Twitter back in the day. And that and Tim Pool was on that one. Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen that fantastic episode, I'd encourage you to go back and check it out, especially in light of what is going on, because what we heard back then is that Twitter was trying to be fair and they're trying to be ecumenical and our moral betters, they know exactly how to censor content in the most equitable way possible. And they would never do anything to try to alienate, you know, let's just say, conservatives who disagree with them or to try to distance their platform or minimize their platform so that their ideas wouldn't be heard. But of course, we know better now that the Twitter files have been released from Elon Musk. And Elon Musk revealing those uh, Twitter files also revealed that certain people were censored and or canceled on Twitter. And now, uh, as we say, and I've said on the show before, it's payday someday. And now Yoel Roth and Vijaya Gaddy are having to answer for some of this at the uh, Twitter file trials. Again, difficult to say. But anyhow, and in so doing, we've heard Lauren Boebert rail against uh, being uh, being censored on, on social media and then also uh, being restricted on social media. So I want you to hear what she has to say about that. So here it is. Mr. Roth, so I'll ask again, did you shadow ban my account, yes or no? Again, not to the best of my recollection. So the answer is, Mr. Roth, yes, you did. I found out last night from Twitter staff that you suppressed my account for this tweet. It's a freaking joke about Hillary Clinton being angry that she couldn't rig her election. It's a joke, but in response, being the sinister overlords that you all are, you placed a 90-day account filter so I could not be found. And now we see here that Twitter staff said the visibility filter on my account excluded me from top searches, prevented notifications for non-followers, and much more. This is considered an aggressive visibility filter. You silenced members of Congress from communicating with their constituents. You, you silenced me from communicating with the American people over a freaking joke. Now, who the hell do you think that you are? Election interference? Yeah, I would say that that was taking place because of you four sitting here. The Hunter Biden laptop story was suppressed. A sitting member of Congress was suppressed. A, a sitting president was banned from Twitter. You know, I bet that Putin is sitting in the Kremlin wishing he had as much election intervention interference as you four here today. Now, I don't know where you stand in terms of your sense of humor here, but um, actually, I find the joke slightly funny and also a little bit disturbing that Twitter would censor somebody for a joke. But of course, we know this to be the case because it's already happened with the Babylon Bee when they gave <laughs> the Man of the Year award to uh, trans woman uh, Rachel Levine, uh, or in other words, man. So anyway, we know that they are willing to look at something that they know is a joke and pretend that it is not a joke. Now, I also want to be fear, fair here because I've been in the the kind of cultural uh, warrior space long enough to know that there are people that actually don't have a real sense of humor and cannot tell when somebody 
is joking, but 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 I also think there is this performative outrage that, of course, is on display at these kind of hearings. But there's this performative outrage, too, that I see very often on the left where they willingly choose to disregard something that they know is a joke for the purposes of trying to score points or trying to prove their argument uh, or trying to get away with something. So at the end of the day, uh, clearly a joke. And kudos to Lauren Boebert for kind of standing up to Yoel Roth for, for censoring her for 90 days because she made a joke on on Twitter. But it, but I but I wanted to, to bring this up, especially as it relates to happiness for this one reason. Um, I, I just have to tell you, uh, regardless of what you guys think about this, um, and this is not intended to be misogynistic. It just is. I can't. I can only stand so much of Lauren Boebert railing on like this and yelling at Yoel Roth like he's his kid that just got caught like stealing a cupcake from uh, the cabinet or something like that. I mean, honestly, this is like nails on a chalkboard for me to listen to Lauren Boebert screech at this guy, and and this goes back to happiness at least in this way. I hope this is a reminder to us that we actually need some men to stand up and do some of the defending here. That men should not be in the position, certainly ever, of trying to censor the speech of another because we should be interested in actually hearing what somebody has to say as long as they're willing to say it in a genuine uh, fashion. Uh, but but I, I guess I'm just saying this, is that men are much better suited for this kind of interrog interrogation if they're going to do so on an honest basis uh, because it doesn't turn into a a screeching howl at an, an individual that sounds like your mommy's berating you. Uh, so it's just a reminder that real men, when they take their place in society, will be happy. Is it any wonder that men are now way more likely not to graduate from college and way more likely to commit suicide? Um, and isn't it isn't it ironic that as much as women want to complain about the fact that they make less than men, that men are now making uh, far less than they used to in the past? And it certainly isn't because there's not enough room for them. It is because more and more in society, men are not taking their place as fathers, men are not taking their place as workers, and men are not taking their place as leaders of their homes. In fact, women are having to do so by and large because men just won't. I don't know what Lauren Boebert would say to this because I think she loves to hear herself talk, but uh, I think a man should be in the place of actually interrogating these individuals and would do a better job of it without just screeching at them. So needless to say, this is just a reminder to me that m people are most happy, and certainly men are most happy, when they are operating in the role of actually being a man, which means they're the ones that are predominantly supposed to be assertive. I've said this before to people on um and on a personal capacity, but uh, nobody likes an aggressive woman. Uh, so pushing that aside, uh, men, you're the ones that are supposed to be aggressive. And and we want to continue this kind of look at the Twitter files because Nancy Mace and um, Mrs. Horton, uh, both on this committee to look at the Twitter files, one a Republican and one a Democrat, have a very differing understanding of what um, misinformation looks like and what, uh, and what conspiracy theories look like. Uh, and more importantly, they have a very divergent understanding of what free speech is. And this probably mocks, marks, I think, the biggest divergent difference between the modern Democratic Party and the modern Republican Party is the way in which they view the freedom of speech differently. 
one believes freedom of speech should be censored and believes that anything that they don't like is a violation of free speech, while the right tends to think that uh, that freedom of speech should have no limitations outside of the very minimalistic limitations of actually declaring and crawling for violence uh, upon someone. So needless to say, this is on display as these two women talk to Yoel Roth about, about how um, conspiracy theories and different things have uh, that have gone on at Twitter have yielded different results. So anyway, I'll let you see it for yourself. You are no stranger to conspiracies and their real world consequences. If you don't mind, can you please describe for the committee how the release of the so-called Twitter files has affected your personal safety? Thank you for the question, Congresswoman. The Twitter files, I would note first and foremost, didn't just affect me, but affected much more junior employees at Twitter. Employees as far away as Manila in the Philippines were doxxed, had their families threatened, and experienced harm equal to or, or greater than what I've experienced. And following the Daily Mail's decision to publish where I live, ultimately I had to leave my home and sell it. Those are the consequences for this type of online harassment and speech. Oh, that's that. I must say, those are very real consequences. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. The Twitter files were not just about Hunter Biden's laptop. Twitter worked overtime to suppress accurate COVID information. Apparently, the views of a Stanford doctor are disinformation to you people. I, along with many Americans, have long-term effects from COVID. Not only was I a long hauler, but I have effects from the vaccine. It wasn't the first shot, but it was the second shot that I now developed asthma that has never gone away since I had the second shot. I have tremors in my left hand, and I have the occasional heart pain that no doctor can explain, and I've had a battery of tests. I have great regrets about getting the shot because of the health issues that I now have that I don't think are ever going to go away. Where did you go to medical school? I did not go to medical school. I'm sorry. I did not go to medical school. That's what I thought. Why do you think you or anyone else at Twitter have the medical expertise to censor a doctor's expert opinion? I could talk about multiple things with that clip to try to portray uh, why it's important to show, but there's one reason I showed it, and that is because of the polarizing and juxtapositions of Norton and Mace here. So Norton believes that whenever things are shared on social media, that that it is potentially dangerous to let the truth get out there or to let people have freedom of speech, even if you don't want to call it the truth. Whenever people speak, you know, who knows what potential danger lurks out there around every corner whenever right-wing conservatives have the opportunity to actually be sincere and share their mind on social media. We cannot allow it. And then you have Mace on the other side showing real-world evidence where people are actually endangered when Twitter is censoring speech. So this juxtaposition is, is pretty interesting to me. One of them believes the truth is dangerous, and one of them believes that lies are way more dangerous. And this is a way that you can mark really uh, the the political differences in, in modernity today is whether or not people are threatened by the truth or they believe lies are way more threatening really is uh, something that 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 we need to pay attention to. Now, I want to just say one last thing about death threats, because this is something that I have heard a lot since I've been in the cultural space. Uh, this kind of emotional blackmail with uh, how often you've been threatened and how many times your feelings have been hurt. And hopefully you've kept a record of just 
about how butthurt you are over all the times that somebody said something mean to you on Twitter. Uh, this idea that bullies exist in, 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 in adulthood, which is something, by the way, I question. I know Ben Shapiro wrote a, a book about bullies, and I, I totally get what he's going after with that. But the reality is is that like a real man, or even a, a real woman in this case, should not perceive somebody else who's being mean to them as a bully. They should view them as a nuisance and as a bother, but not, not a bully. Maybe, maybe even an idiot, an idiot, but not, but not a bully, um, because you can take care of yourself. There's no such thing as bullies when you get into adulthood. You should be able to take care of yourself. But this kind of blackmail, this emotional blackmail, this kind of extortion is always on display whenever a dishonest person comes to the to the fore and they want to argue a point that they do not have a, a real basis for doing so. And again, we see Mace talking about her own personal experience with getting asthma. And we see people who are experiencing issues with the vaccine, whether we want to admit it or not. Uh, no, no cure, no vaccine is totally perfect. We know this to be true. Uh, but, but we weren't always told the truth about any of that stuff. And so real world harm is happening in a real way while we've got Yoel Roth trying to shed his little crocodile tears for each and every one of us. And here's why, even though I'm going to present another screed for you, another screeching woman, which is really kind of hard to tolerate. I, I do want to show you why we don't need to have such pity and sympathy for uh, Yoel Roth here. And we're going to hear this from Marjorie Taylor Greene. You abuse the power of a large corporation, big tech, to censor Americans. And you want to know something? Guess what? I'm so glad that you're censored down. I'm so glad you've lost your jobs. Thank God Elon, Elon Musk bought Twitter. And you know what? Let's talk about something a little bit further. It's amazing to me, Mr. Roth, as the head and trust of safety at Twitter, your ability, or should I say inability, to remove child porn. Now, here's something that disgusts me about you. In your doctoral dissertation entitled Gay Data, you argued that minors should have access to Grindr, an adult male gay hookup app. Minors, really? You know, Elon Musk took over Twitter and he banned 44,000 accounts that were promoting child porn. You permanently banned my Twitter account, but you allowed child, child porn all over Twitter. Twitter had become a platform, you said, connecting queer young adults. You also wrote on Twitter in 2010, can high school students ever meaningfully consent to sex with their teachers? So yeah, I just gotta tell you, I have no sympathy for a grown man who believes that children should be exposed to male gay porn. Uh, the dude's a groomer, and um, and I don't I don't feel sorry for him. Uh, obviously, I don't encourage and endorse as a Christian any of those things that were said to him, whatever they were. But I question whether or not they're even true. This is the whole point of emotional blackmail. The moment you stand up for something, whenever anybody just doesn't have the truth on their side, they will resort to ugly, dishonest tactics, including saying that people have threatened their life and that uh, people are threatening them with mean words and, and all sorts of things are just an attempt to try to show, throw shade off of their position so that they don't actually have to defend it. And it's really indefensible what we're seeing with what happened at Twitter. And so 
I'm just glad that that now all of these things are coming to the fore and that these guys are having to answer for the things that they did. So it's it's a it's a good day. Now speaking of answering for the things that you did, um, I didn't want to prove all of those critics who said we'll be talking about Sam Smith for five minutes and then we'll totally forget it ever happened. Uh, we're going to thank God because it was disgusting. But I did want to bring it up one last time because uh, just over the weekend, uh, Dallas Jenkins posted something, and Dallas Jenkins is the creator of The Chosen and um, a good Christian man. Um, And one way or the other, whether we agree with this or like it or not, it is the reality. Dallas Jenkins is a thought leader in the Christian space because of The Chosen and because of how successful it has uh, become. And so he tweeted something, sorry, he he posted something on, on Instagram that I thought was interesting about this Sam Smith event that I wanted us to kind of grapple with. So uh, here's what he had to say. One thing I know about Sam Smith's Grammys performance is that I wouldn't even have known about it if I wasn't constantly being told to be upset about it. That's also true for most of America. There's a lesson here. I'm not upset about it. I don't take offense where it doesn't belong to me. Disclaimer here, because I know people get emotional around Dallas Jenkins because he is like, it's, it's, it's Jesus. And then the guy that plays Jesus, not Jim Caviezel, the Jonathan guy, and then Dallas Jenkins. Like, that's the the holy trinity. All right, so before we go any further, I just want to be really, really clear. Uh, A lot of people are very emotional when you bring up Dallas Jenkins and The Chosen because, rightfully so, this uh, series has been very impactful in people's life. And, and, okay, so I get that. And I think um, Dallas is a great guy. I think The Chosen has a wonderful place in the history of Christian cinema. Uh, and, and, and I think I've also been really fair and really honest whenever I've covered anything having to do with Dallas in, in the past, but, but I did want to bring up this post because, because he does, whether he likes it or not, represent kind of Christian, Christian pop culture, at least, and maybe even Christian thinking because he's portraying the story of Jesus for the rest of the world. Who is Jesus to the world? And so a lot of what he has to say carries some weight. And I have a real problem with the kind of thinking that I that is present in this post. First of all, the kind of thinking that says, I wouldn't have even known about it if I wasn't told to be angry about it. Well, maybe you should be angry about it, and that's why you should know about it. Look, I understand. We don't like to be angry about more things than we already are on a regular basis. Dallas would even go later on in the comment section to say, I've got too many things to worry about. I'm doing my television show that I don't need to be mad about this. And I don't need to be offended on behalf of other people who say I should be mad about this. Like, okay, sure. You don't need to be mad because somebody tells you to be mad. But the question is, is what took place? Should you actually be mad about it? And you won't know that if you constantly stay ignorant about it. By the way, I think it's funny for him to say, I'm way too busy with my television show that I don't have time to actually get mad about this stuff. Yeah, but you got enough time to get mad at other Christians who are getting mad on social media and to post this post. So apparently you got some time on your hands. But the, but the whole idea of ignorance is kind of bliss. Now, he doesn't say that, but he gets close enough to that idea that like, we should just be shining light in a dark room and not be worried about negativity and all the things that are going on that are bad in the world. Friend, I could not disagree more because there are people who are brave enough to venture into the darkness and shine the light in that darkness and stare that darkness in the face, they are actually doing something about it. And this is very often why we don't want to stare the devil in the face, especially as Christians, and why we remain ignorant to things because it is way easier. Because when you actually stare the devil in the face, then you become responsible for doing something about his evil in the world. 
you can't stare the devil in the face and see exactly what's going on and be a person of good conscience and then walk away from that and do nothing. But very often, the idea of ignorance is just simply an excuse for us to have a um, what a, a, a non-mea culpa plea to say, hey, it's not my fault. I didn't know it was out there. Or to just say, I don't worry about that stuff. That is nothing more than pushing off cultural battles to the future that you should be focusing on today. See, we have an obligation to make sure that things that are going on in the world are addressed by us. Because it is these things that are happening in our time, and they are happening in our time so that we can dig into them. Moreover, I think this kind of ignorance is bliss attitude has been the kind of thing that has been passed off as critical thinking in Christian circles for far too long. The real benefit of Sam Smith is not even Sam's, of thinking about this Sam Smith, is not critiquing Sam Smith or being angry at Sam Smith. The benefit is not anger. This is what people keep on coming up with, is, is trying to accuse everybody of getting angry about this. I think people should be angry about it, but more importantly, the reason people are talking about this thing is because it's something that needs to be paid attention to. And if nothing else, it's something that Christians can think about. And boy, there is no amount of thinking about things that Christians can do. That will be too much. Because if there is a criticism that I would say we have rightly deserved as Christians, it is that we do not critically think for ourselves. That's why Indie Thinker exists, is because by and large, Christians are not taught how to think. We are told what to think. And that means when it comes to thinking about things in culture and actually grappling with them, we push them to the side and say, oh, don't worry about that. And then we move on to the sermon that we can just amen rather than being challenged in our thinking on a regular basis. Now, by the way, I'm not sure if you've noticed yet, but if you've taken the opportunity to kind of look around around you in the world today, the world is worse off when Christians do nothing. When Christians do not stand up for what is right, the world continues to shift further and further to the left and further and further toward destruction. And we can do something about that, but not while we're silently shushing other Christians, sitting in the corner and not thinking about these things. What Dallas Jenkins offers here again, is nothing but pablum. It's insipid. It's banal. It's not critical thinking. Critical thinkers are willing to accept information, to sort through it, and to try to figure out if there is anything worth getting angry about before we declare, I should not be angry about it. And you should not even know that it exists. And if you didn't know it exists, then you wouldn't be angry about it. I, if I didn't know that gender-affirming care in children existed, I wouldn't be angry about it either. I'm glad I know about it because people like Matt Walsh are willing to actually stand up, get outraged, and do something about it. And as a result of it, now Bill uh, HB001 has been passed in the in the Tennessee House, and now it's going to go further into the legislative process and potentially become law in the land, and now less kids are going to be butchered in gender clinics across this state. And that's all because there was one man, who, and I, I shouldn't say one, there, there have been multiple people, moms and dads and people like Matt Walsh, who have been willing to shine a light on this subject and willing to stand up and spark outrage over something that deserves outrage. After all, Jesus is that guy that turned over tables, isn't he? So all I can say is this at, at the end of the day, learn something new each day. 
Use each day as an opportunity to, to grow in your understanding of something. The more you do it, the more you'll find hope, the more you'll find happiness and fulfillment, but you'll also find some things along the way to get mad about. But if you can learn something new each day, then you can learn how to process each and every one of those emotions and learn to reject anybody who says the opposite. The person who tries to clap their hand over your mouth or try to shush you so that they can go back to sleep, that person needs to be resisted at all costs. And by that, I mean just push that kind of thinking far away from you as possible and actually do the real work of thinking about the world and your role in it. Because in so doing, you'll find purpose. And from that purpose, you'll find virtue. And from that virtue, you'll eventually find happiness. And your happiness is good for all of us. Now, if you've got something to be happy about, you can go leave that down in the comments section below. Maybe you found some virtue or you found a battle that you believe is worth fighting. There's a lot of happiness to be found in fighting fights that are worth fighting. So love to hear that down in the comments section below. You can also like this video, share it, and make sure to subscribe. But most importantly, go with God. Thanks for watching.